Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. So uh, we're continuing this series today called Glad You're Here, and all of us have felt this way at some point about somebody. Uh, we, we've, we've felt this way. I'm going to throw a couple of <coughs> sentences up here. Um, we've felt like this about people in our lives. I'm so glad that he showed up in my life when he did. Think about people in your life. Uh, you probably feel that way about somebody in your life. I'm so glad that he showed up in my life when he did, or, or, or like this. I'm, I'm not sure I would have made it through this without her. Not sure I would have made it through the thing that I went through, through the thing that I'm going through right now without her. Or, or this, I would not be where I am today without them. Like if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't uh, for, for that person. And I bet when I say that, we all think of some body. I've got a, I've got a basketball here with me today because I was thinking about this group of guys that, that I went to college with. And uh, I went to, to UNC Chapel Hill. And uh, so I grew up playing uh, a lot of basketball and basketball was kind of, kind of like the way to my heart. And I had this group of guys who started to knock on my door at my dorm room and invite me to go play basketball with them. And they just kept inviting and kept inviting and kept inviting. I didn't know at the time that the first time that they, they invited me, I didn't know that they also uh, led this dorm Bible study that I eventually got invited into as well. And, and I will tell you that, that that changed my life. Like these guys changed my life at a time where I was kind of letting go of my faith. I was kind of starting to wander in my faith. I wasn't sure where I was. I wasn't thinking about it a lot. I got to see this group of guys who was living their faith out in a way that I, I thought was, wow, that's actually, you can actually be like a normal person. You can be a cool person and follow Jesus. And I'd never seen that before in my life until I met these guys. I've had other people, um, and, and I gotta, can I, are you good? You good? We good? Yeah. Can you hang on to that for me? All right, all right. that's John, John Secrets. He's got great hands, everybody. Um, so uh, uh, another guy in my life, a guy named Ken Schultz, uh, moving on a little, a little later in my life. He's a guy who has been uh, not only like a pastor to me, but he's been a friend and a mentor to me. I've had countless coffees with him over the last 30 years, really, and where we talk about uh, life and, and problems and, and ministry and all kinds of things, and he's poured himself into me. Um, another guy, got him Roger Edwards. He kind of uh, dropped into my life at a, at a really, really difficult time. In fact, next, we didn't really mention this this morning, but next Saturday morning, if you're interested still, you can still sign up for our marriage seminar. Roger's coming to lead this. He's a, he's a counselor at a, a counseling center called the Barnabas Center. And when I lost my wife uh, in, in 2011, he kind of dropped into my world and I began to meet with him on a regular basis. And he just pulled me forward. He was there for me when my whole world had gotten turned upside down. Um, Liz, uh, who is, is my wife, we got married last year, uh, is not here this morning, but other people would say this about, about, like, about her or about, and, and me, and they would basically say that I know he wouldn't be where he, he is today without her. Like, like that's what people who know her and know me say, and it's absolutely, absolutely true. Um, people in our lives 
add what we need at, 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 at amazing moments, don't they? Like they add opportunities, they add insight, they add encouragement and perspective on life, and they, they add um, all, all, all kinds of things. They pray for us and come alongside us and offer hope and sometimes correction, right? And, and, and sometimes confrontation, even though we don't like it at the time, we can look back and go, oh, I'm so glad that that person brought that up when they did. Life would be different without those kinds of people in our lives. So let me ask you, anybody come to mind? As I'm, as I'm talking about that, does, does anybody, anybody come to mind? Have you ever thanked them for, for that? Like, have you ever thanked these people for being that person? Do they know the role that they have played in your life? Maybe they, maybe they should. Today is, like I said, part two of this series called Glad You're Here. And the series is all about what does it look like for a person to move from, from faithless to faithful? What does it look like for, for a person to move from faithless to faithful? And what we always discover is that it involves more than just you. Uh, it involves the community around you to move from faithless to faithful, to move from lost to found. Most of the time, it takes another person in our lives or it takes maybe a group of people in our lives to see our lives change. A group of people who took time to, to, to love us well, who took time to listen to us, to, who took time to invite us to follow. Um, last week, if you were here, or go back and listen to it if you weren't or watch it, uh, but uh, we talked about what God's heart is like towards us. And, and I told um, several stories, but one of those was about Jesus saying, Jesus was saying, here's what God's heart's like. It's like there's a shepherd and, and he has 100 sheep and uh, one of them wanders away and there's 99 left in the field. What does that shepherd do? And, and a lot of us might say, well, I would just cut my losses because he's gone and I gotta protect the 99. That's not God's heart. His heart is to pursue the lost sheep until he finds that lost sheep. And uh, what Jesus was really saying, we, we, we know this, right? He was talking about you and me, not sheep, not animals. He was talking about us. God goes and searches, and then what does he do? He celebrates, he celebrates his discovery. That's his heart towards you. That's his heart towards me and everybody that you see. Are you with me? Like everybody that you lock eyes with on a daily basis, everybody that you come into contact with, everybody that you see at the gas station, everybody that you see at Target, everybody that you see in the restaurant, everybody in your neighborhood, God feels that way about them too. He feels that way about them too. And his heart towards you, it really is, I'm glad you're here. Like, like, I'm glad that you're here. And so that means as a church, our heart ought to be towards everybody, the same heart as God. I'm glad you're here too. Now, the, the title of this series actually comes from a book. We're giving it away in the lobby the next couple weeks. Um, and it's by a guy named Craig. It's written by a guy named Craig about his friend uh, named Walker. And Craig and Walker met each other at church. And Walker was in a really, really tough place. His, his wife had kind of dragged him there. And um, Craig was a pastor at this church in Tennessee. And, and they met and, and kicked off this friendship, this relationship. And over the course of time, through Craig and through some other people and other things happening in Walker's life, he came to know Jesus. He surrendered his life to Christ and, uh, and, and walked into life. And so they began to live in community and connection together, and they still do today. They actually wrote this book together, Craig and Walker, so we're giving that book away, but the other reason we're giving it away is because in two weeks, two weeks from today, Craig uh, Cooper, Craig Allen Cooper, the pastor the, who uh, co-wrote that book, is gonna be here. Like, he's gonna speak to us that morning, so I really wanna invite you here. It's gonna be a really special day, and uh, I want you to invite your friends. I think it's gonna be an amazing day to be, um, 
to be here. And, and his friend Walker is actually a guy named Walker Hayes, if you're a country music. Who, who is familiar with Walker Hayes? Anybody? There's, that's a lot. All right. Because um, you know that song, Fancy Like. I know. Uh, I know you. And it's a very annoying, very catchy song. And um, I, I hope he doesn't hear that recorded. It's a wonderful song. It's an amazing song. And... Um, but, but he's like, he, he just went on to become this kind of country music star, but Craig and Walker, and he's, Craig's gonna tell their story and they live side by side. They literally tore the fence down in between their yards and they decided we're gonna live in community together and it's, a, it's just an amazing, amazing story. Um, we need people, right? Like, like, like we need each other to come to faith. We need, we need people to, to start our faith, to help us start our faith, we need people who will help us make our faith work well. We need people who will help us. We need people who will encourage us. And, and not only do you and I need people like that in our life, we need to be those people for others. I, I, we need to be those people for, for other people. We need to be those kind of people for um, someone else. And there's a story from the book of John that I just want to share with you this morning that illustrates this. It's so powerful, and it shows the power and the importance of people, uh, of faith, like of people in our, in our faith. And the story is kind of a short story, but it's about two relationships. It's about two interactions that people have with each other and then with Jesus that I want you to look at with me today because they do the exact same thing. And I think there's something here for us to see and to grab a hold of and to pay attention to when it comes to how we follow Jesus together, okay? So it's from the book of John. It's from uh, the, first, the first chapter. It's the Gospel of John. So John's writing this story about, uh, about Jesus. He's like, here's what I saw. Here's what happened. And this shows up in one of the earliest stories that he tells. And it's, uh, it goes like, like this. Um, it says, Andrew... Simon Peter's brother. So you might have heard of Simon Peter, right? Well, Andrew is his brother, and this is how they meet uh, Peter and Andrew. He was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Okay, and so, so a guy named John the Baptist had, had, had preached, he started to preach this message of repentance. He was saying, hey, the Messiah is coming, we need to get ready, and, and so John the Baptist gathers these followers. He has this message of preparation for the Messiah and, and people start to follow. Andrew is one of those. And so one day Jesus walks by and John's standing there with his followers and, and John looks over and he points at Jesus. He says, there he is, like that's the one. He's the one, that's the guy. And so a bunch of people left John and started to follow Jesus. And that was fine with John. John was just there to point the way to Jesus until he came. And so Andrew was one of those who started following Jesus. And what he began to notice about his life, it was that as he began to follow Jesus, like really follow him, his life began to change. His life began to change. And, and he was excited about that life change. He was excited about it. And, and so here's what happens next. It says that the first thing Andrew did was like the first thing, I love, I love that John is looking at this story and so going, okay, the first thing Andrew did, did was, um, before I get to it, uh, what do we do when we get excited about something? So uh, Liz and I went to this restaurant, uh, it's actually a butcher shop and restaurant, it's called New York Butcher. Anybody been to New York Butcher right up the street? Some of us have been to New York Butcher, yeah. Um, great meat selection, but they also have a restaurant in there, and so you can go up and you can sit in there, it's very small, or you can sit at the bar. But the cool thing about it is you can go over to the meat counter, and man, I love a good steak, so you can go over there and you can pick one out that they've got in the counter, and the guys back there will cook it for you, and then they will bring it over to your table. 
And it's, it's kind of awesome. Like, it's a really cool experience, and I think you should go. Um, uh, another restaurant that's really amazing, it's going to open up right up here, and, and our good friend Jason and Jacqueline are, are, are part of our church, and they're opening up another Vana, which is down in Charlotte, but it's going to open up up here soon, and it's amazing. You should go, right? Like, like you should go. Um, let, let me, we, we do this about restaurants, don't we? We get excited, like, you got to go, you got to go. You go to a new place and you're like, you got to check this place out. It's awesome. Or the opposite's true too. If it's, if it's a bad experience, you, you kind of, we probably talk about that or maybe you won't tell anybody about it. But when you have a great experience, we're always like that with things, aren't we? Like, what else are you about like that? Where, where are my, my, my Costco people at? Yeah. The largest cheer of the day so far for Costco. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, Costco, I mean, like, you love Costco. I know you do, because I hear you talking about it all the time. Um, what about my F3 people? Are you going to do F3 in here? Yeah. Just like two? Have we gone downhill in F3? What's happened to the recruiting process? I mean, two years ago, it was all I could hear about. was like, come to F3. You got to come to F3. It stands for faith, fellowship, and fitness. Fitness, fe- fitness fellowship, and faith. <laughs> I'm a terrible spokesperson uh, for F3, but there's a lot, of, a lot of guys who do fitness out, out, in the, out in the cold, and they probably did it this morning, right? It's amazing. And they are committed, and they will invite you and invite you and invite you. They'll tell you about it because they're excited about it. Um, burn boot camp people, same way. Um, recently, I got all these people telling me, you got to go check out the new rec center. The new rec center in Cornelius, right? It's awesome. It's amazing. It's, and it's, you know, you got to go check it out. Where are my Disney people? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I know. A, you Disney people are so loyal, right? You're amazing. I mean, you love, you love it, and you will tell people about it. When you experience something great, you tell somebody. You just, you just do. It's, it's a natural thing that we do. If I, share, if I have an experience that I love, I'm going to tell you because I want you to love it too. I want you to love the things that I love. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon. I just love this so much. And tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. The first thing he could think of to do was to find his brother. Hey, Simon, you know the one we've been looking for? You know the one we've talked about our whole lives? You know the one that in school they would talk about? And you know the one that the scriptures mentioned? You know the one that we've heard about forever? I think I've found him. In fact, I'm sure I've found him. And you know what he did next? He brought him to Jesus. Andrew, I think in that moment, did the best thing that he could have done for anybody. He did the best thing that he could have done for his brother that he knew how to do, brought him to Jesus. He doesn't try to explain him. He doesn't try to to, to make it make sense. Uh, But he, he just says, let me take you to see him and you can see for yourself. Let me take you to see him and you can see for him, you can see for yourself. And Simon suddenly comes face to face with the Messiah because Andrew, his brother, thought to bring him. It says that Jesus looked at him. He looked at Simon. He said, you're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. In the Gospels, if you do this, do this study, like everybody who comes into contact, close contact with Jesus has this life-changing encounter with Jesus, but everybody's is slightly different. Everybody's is, is somewhat unique. It's almost like Jesus tailor-makes each encounter for uh, each person. 
He, he, he tailor makes it for, for the people that he comes into contact with based on what they need. And what we know about Peter, Simon Peter, was that he had a past. He had a history, and I don't think it was all that great. And you know what Jesus said? He looked at him and he said, I know what you need. You need a new name. You need a new name. Interaction number one in our story. Here's the second one. It says, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. So Philip, another, another guy who had been hanging around closely, like Andrew, decides to follow Jesus because he has this personal encounter with him. Philip has this personal encounter with Jesus where Jesus comes to him and says, follow me. What, is, what does Philip do? What, is, what does Philip do? You know what he does? It says that Philip found Nathaniel. Philip found Nathaniel. Like Andrew, Philip has to tell somebody, and, and in Philip, for Philip, he has to tell his best friend. Of course he does, it's his best friend. And he's like, this is good news, this is amazing news. And it's kind of the kind of news where it's like, hey, we're pregnant, right? <laughs> like it's that kind of news. Or it's like, hey, we're getting married. When, when Liz and I got engaged last year, I invited everybody to our engagement party, which was like, I had somebody who asked me, well, what if she says no? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm not thinking about that. But I am now, thanks a lot. <laughs> it's like you want people to know. And this was so many levels above that. And so Philip finds his best friend. He goes to Nathaniel, he's, he, he finds Nathaniel and he tells him, we found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip finds Nathanael, he shares about Jesus with him. He says, we found the one, the one Moses wrote about. You know, this is it, this is the guy, this is the Messiah, the same as Andrew and, and, and Simon. But Nathanael has some doubt about this, naturally. And so Nathanael says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked it. He's like, I've been to Nazareth. That place is trash, okay? Nothing good's gonna come out of that place. He has a question, doesn't he? Philip, it's like he welcomes the question. We say this a lot around here, but we welcome your question. We, we want questions. We wanna engage, and we're not always gonna sit there and just try to provide answers. We just want this to be a safe place to ask questions. And so Philip doesn't argue. He doesn't try to convince he doesn't say, well, let me, let me tell you what Jesus is, is like. He lets him ask his questions without condemning him because he knows that the best thing for Nathaniel is, is just, just come and meet him. Just, 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 just meet him for yourself. So you know what Philip says? This is one of the coolest verses in all the scripture and one of the things I would love for you to hang on to this. I wanna hang on to this. Here's what he says. Philip says, come and see. Come and see. Come and see Jesus for yourself. He extends an invitation. So let's stop for a minute and, and, and just talk about what we see in both of those guys, Philip and Andrew, two brand new followers of Jesus. What did they do? The first thing that they did was this. They, they followed Jesus themselves, right? They, they followed Jesus. Uh, authenticity to their faith compelled them and it was compelling to others. You can spot a fake a mile away, can't you? Like you can spot somebody who, who has a fake faith. You can also spot the genuine thing. We're really good 
uh, at having detectors in our, in, our, in our own heads like that, that sense authenticity or not, they had an authentic relationship with Jesus that Simon and that Nathaniel couldn't help but notice. The second thing is this, they look for somebody to tell. They follow Jesus, then the natural thing to do was to look for somebody to tell. Andrew told his brother Simon, Philip told his friend Nathaniel, they couldn't help it. They had to tell someone. What did they tell them? The third thing is this, they told them about their encounter with the Messiah. They just told them about their encounter. It wasn't a rehearsed speech, it wasn't bullet points, it wasn't um, religious language, they weren't nervous, they were just excited. And they couldn't, they couldn't wait to spill the news. They, they, they told them, I had an encounter with Jesus. I mean, I, you, you can almost just hear the, the, the emotion in their language. You just, you just gotta come and say, I, I had an encounter with Jesus. I met the one, I saw the one. He's the one we've been looking for forever. And the fourth thing was this, as you, you already saw. Then what did they do? It's real simple, they just brought them, right? They brought them to Jesus. They brought them to Jesus. Simon had an encounter where Jesus changed his name. Here's Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus. When Jesus saw that Nathaniel approaching, when he saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. So what do, what do, what do we do with this today, right? Like what, are, what are we doing as we're, as we're heading out of here today? What do we do with this? What about following Jesus do we need to know? One, one thing is this, that we need each other to grow spiritually. We just do. We need one another to grow spiritually. It's true for them. They got strength and encouragement from one another. Um, it's, it's, it's true for, John, yeah, t- t- right back up here. Chest pass, chest pass, baby. Oh, solid. If I had missed that, I would have never have been able to get it. <laughs> but I had these guys, right? Like, like, we need each other. I needed those guys to come and knock on my door and say, hey, will you come play basketball? I'll come play basketball because that led to um, me observing their lives. And I didn't even realize how much I needed that. It gave me hope that, that, that if, if they could do this and do it in a real way, an authentic way, and not in a fake, just, you know, whatever, kind of go to church on Sunday every week, but, but, you know, just do your thing during the week. If they could do that, then I could too. We just like to be independent, don't we? Like, we just like to be independent. We don't like to need each other. I don't like to need people. I got this cast on my leg, it drives me crazy. I tore my Achilles three weeks ago. It drives me honestly um, crazy. And the hardest thing (laughs) is asking people for help. I was laughing because my friend Pat is right here. And I was, we were, (laughs) she was trying so hard to help me this week with this and I just wouldn't let her, I was hopping around. I just wouldn't let her, wouldn't let her help me because it's so hard. And I'm like, I can do this. Like there's a part of me that's like, I can, I want to, I don't want to be dependent on you. 
right? I don't want to be dependent on someone else. And, and it's like my kids when they're three or four years old and they used to say all the time, I can do this myself. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. And you're like, okay, I know you can't do it. You know, they're, they're trying to like fix the, the game system or they're trying to program a computer, you know? And you're like, yeah, I know you can't do this by yourself, but okay, go for it. But there's a three or four year old that stays around in us that says, I can do this myself. I can do this myself. It's not true. This is the kind of thing that actually makes me totally realize it's not true. That's the, the gift of something like this, right? But it's not true. We can't do this ourselves. And it actually, listen, like it actually might be your ceiling. Like that attitude, because it's pride, there's, this, there's sin that's mixed up in, in this attitude of I can do this myself, I don't need people. That just might be the ceiling that you hit. Because maybe you've been unwilling to admit that I need help. And maybe getting the ceiling out of the way is you actually admitting your weakness. I'm preaching to myself, I'm telling you. I'm preaching to myself. Our ceiling can stop us from growing. We need each other to grow spiritually, which leads to this. It's better to follow Jesus together than alone. Like together than, it's just better. It's a team game. Like it's basketball, it's not, it's not golf, right? I, I need people. I can't play one on five. It, like basketball, five on five, it's a team sport. There's coaches, there's all kinds of positions, there's different plays, there's people who do different things well, better than me. You know, it's a team game and you need people around you to make this work who will encourage you and pray for you and challenge you and strengthen you and fill you up. Like God's, God uses people to speak truth to you. Do you know that? Like he uses other people in your world to speak his truth into you. And it's just not optional. Like if you want to grow, it's not optional. It's critical. It is like mission critical. It's why so often around here, you might get tired of hearing it at some point, but I, I always feel like if you get tired of hearing it, that means that the, the, the people in the back row, all right, are, are finally hearing it. And I don't mean literally. I just mean like if you're, you know, you're, 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 if you get sick of hearing that your next step is to step into relationships and community, good. I want you to be sick of it until you like do it. Step in. All right? Like, 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 so we talk about next steps around here a lot as being get in a crew, serve on a team. Um, those are because we know that it's a, team, it's a team game and it's better to follow Jesus together than alone. And, and you need, and I need, other people around us to tell the gospel to me and to you all the time. We need to, to speak it to one another over and over and over again because my heart, your heart forgets it and we need to hear it over and over and over again. I need to hear the gospel, I need to hear the gospel. And we're speaking it to one another as we're doing life together in our words and in our actions. And then the third thing is this, Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. Which means he wants to get to know you. It's personal, it's personal. You see how personal those, those earliest followers were with Jesus? That's the invitation. It's not just to a belief system, guys. It, it really is into a relationship, and we use that word so many, in so many different ways, relationship, that it, it loses all its meaning, doesn't it? But like, he wants a one-on-one -on -one connection with you where he can know you and where you can know him. And he wants to change you in ways, and me in ways that can only happen in the context of that kind of relationship. Um, like Nathaniel, like Nathaniel, he, um, he sees you. He saw Nathaniel before Nathaniel ever saw him. Jesus sees you. He's seen you forever. He knows all of it. He knows everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows it all. He still loves you. He's still pursuing you. He sees you. 
And then like Peter, he offers you a new name. He offers you a new name, the name of son, the name of daughter. Like your, your, your primary identifier is not your family name, it's not your bloodline, it's not your personality type, it's not your Enneagram number, okay? It's not your vocation, it's not your sexuality, it's not the color of your skin, your prim- it's not your income. Your primary identifier is that you are a son of God, you are a daughter of God when you're in a relationship with him. He wants to give you that new name. Y'all can say amen louder than that. Come on, he wants to give you that new name. All right, all right. Just need a little loosen up in here. Two questions to close with, two questions. Are you, um, are you letting others in? Gerald, are you letting others in? You can't grow, I can't grow without them. So can we just stop pretending, right? And start being real. Like we, we, we love that about other people, don't we? I love it when somebody's real around, around me. Like I love it. I just don't love to do it. Isn't that crazy? Like, like we love it in other people, we just don't love it in ourselves. Can we start to love that in ourselves more than loving the need to look perfect? Are you letting others in? Second thing, last thing, are you being that person for someone else? Are you being that person for someone else who's gonna like knock on the door? Extend an invitation. Look for an opportunity, take a risk. Like, like they need you, you know? People need you, they need you. Just like you needed that other person who did that thing for you that was so important and so critical and they dropped into your life just at that moment where you needed them. And you thought at the time, that I think God kind of sent them in my life, he did. And he's ready to send you into someone else's. That's his invitation. Are you letting others in? Are you being that person for someone else? I just wanna pray for us and I'm gonna pray for the strength for for me and for you to to do that, to do those things. Because both of those things take courage. They do. God can give us that, let's ask him for it. Let's pray. Father, um, uh, God, I, I just, it's so good to stop for just a few minutes and look at the story of, of Jesus interacting with people, at the story of, um, of, of, of how you saw people, at the story of your interaction with them, the story of how you love them, the story of how you took time to see them. And God, if you could do that for someone, with everything on your schedule, we can too. But God, we, we, we uh, have something that you didn't. We have insecurities. We have sin that we deal with. We have pride. God, in the quietness of this room, could we confess to you our pride? Could we confess to you our insecurity? Could we confess our need to you? Could we also today, God, and I'll just say it as a confession for, for each of us, I confess my need for people. I confess my need for others who want to help, who want to care, who want to love, and who want to serve. And um, I confess that there are times where I, I push that away because I'm afraid of it or because I'm too prideful or I think I can do it on my own. 
God, the truth is you've given us one another. Um, you've, you've given us each other to rely on, to depend on as we depend on you. I pray for even just if one person in this room today steps forward into community, steps onto a team, steps into life with others, decides to be vulnerable in ways that they haven't before. What a, what a beautiful thing, what a beautiful day that will be. We thank you for what you're doing, God. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, who gives us courage, amen. Will you stand with us? We're gonna sing one more song together. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.